0: You've heard the expression, uh, freedom isn't free. We have a fascination with that word free. At least I do. I don't know about you. But I find myself attracted to things that are advertised for free, right? Don't you love that mattress guy? Your mattress will be free, free, free. Yeah, right. Um, And and I love those bogos at at the store. You know, bogo, right? Buy one, get one. And I love it when I have to go to CVS and buy some vitamins or supplements or something, and they're they're buy one get one free, and and then I get caught sometimes with those deals at the grocery store. You'll buy buy two forty seven. Wow, they're normally three ninety nine. That's a deal. But there's this small print at the bottom. and the small prince says what? Five. Buy five. <laughs> five? I don't need five. You know, that's why I don't buy all that stuff at Costco. I don't need a lifetime supply, or, you know, whatever. But we're, we're attracted to that word free. And we think of freedom in Christ. We think of the fact that we have forgiveness. We have salvation. We have eternal life. And we don't pay for it because it's a free gift. And isn't it interesting that uh, Billy Graham says salvation is free but discipleship costs everything we have. And then it was Martin Luther who said religion that gives nothing, costs nothing and suffers nothing is worth nothing. And so It's the small print that we need to pay attention to. Do you ever buy software? You don't don't ever buy a piece of software. And when you go to install the software, there's terms and conditions to use the software. And you start scrolling and reading. I don't know how far you get. I don't get very far. It's like, check. I accept it. Done. (laughs) It's the small print. Um, the large print gives and the small print taketh away. And, and, that, and that's always true. I, I had a gift card uh, a week ago, uh, a little Visa gift card. It's very cool. And it, was, it came in kind of a little enclosed little package thing. And when I ripped it open, there was a piece of paper in there with the card. And I started unfolding this piece of paper. And literally, I was holding a piece of paper like this. In this tiny, like four-point type. And it was all terms and conditions. Of course, it's in 27 languages, but that's a whole other story. But it's a small print that gets you. And so this morning, as we, as we come back, and we're following Jesus, right? We're, we're, we're coming behind Jesus. And I want to suggest to you this morning that this morning in our text... Jesus gives to the disciples the small prayer. And so as you come again to Mark chapter 8, we're going to back up and uh, to give context, read the uh, passage that we read last week. Beginning in verse 27. Jesus is with his disciples. He has the twelve. And if you remember last week, he's asking them two questions, right? The first question is, so hey, what's the word on the street? What are people saying about me? And the second question Jesus asks is, so what what do you guys say? Where where are you at? What's your understanding of who I am? Because that's the question they've been asking, right? Who is this guy? And that's where we wind up this morning. And this is the big print. The part we had last week was the big print. Who is Jesus? What's he all about? Verse 27 of Mark 8. Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, saying, John the Baptist. And others say Elijah, but others, one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them. But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And we noted that Matthew adds, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, You are the Christ. And Jesus warned them not to tell no one about Him. And He began to teach them that the Son of Man... Now this is kind of where the small print picks up a little bit. Now here's the big print. You're the Messiah. You're the expected one. You're the Son of the living God. And he began to teach them, and the Son of Man must suffer many things. Pay attention to the word must in here, by the way. This is going to be critical to our thoughts. (laughs) The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them. So notice this transition in verse 34. Prior to verse 34, who's he talking to? Who's he addressing? The twelve. Now Jesus draws in the crowd of followers, others who are walking with him, others that are part of this kind of Jesus contingent, if you will. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must, there's that word must again, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take of his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever wishes, whoever wishes, Who wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so in this passage is what I want to call reading the small print. What does it really mean to follow Jesus, to come after Him, to claim Him as your own? What does that really mean? And so Jesus uses this word must. And what does that word must mean to you, by the way? You have to do it. It's not an option. It's required. It's required right? And so Jesus first says about himself, the Son of Man must, this is required, it's necessary, the Son of Man must be rejected by the chief priests, the elders, the scribes, and he must be killed. Aren't you glad for the last part? He must rise again on the third day. And so Jesus says to his disciples, this is necessary, it's required. This must happen. And then in the small print, he says to them, there's three musts, three things that are necessary, three things that are mandatory. It's voluntary to come to Jesus. If I move every time, is it going to do that all morning? I have to stand still. Do you know how hard that is for me? (laughs) I don't know if my Bible helped, Tom. That kind of stuck. Where was I? So there's three musts. There's three
1: musts.
0: I don't know what's going on. So there's three musts. Three things that are necessary. Three things that are required. Coming to faith in Jesus is voluntary, right? Nobody is putting a gun to your head. They do that in Muslim countries, by the way. Do you believe in Allah? Oh, yeah. (laughs) No one put a gun to your head and made you come to Jesus. It was voluntary. However that happened in your life and whenever it happened in your life. Some of you, like me, came to faith in, in Jesus when you were a child. I was about six. Some in your teen years. Others as adults. But wherever it was, whatever it was, however it was, whatever it was that God used in your life, you voluntarily chose to invite Jesus into your life. You voluntarily chose to repent of sin and put your faith and trust in Him and His death on the cross, right? Nobody put a gun in your head. No one forced you to do that. Coming to Jesus is voluntary. But the fine print... Sounds mandatory to me. Sounds like this is required. This is part of God's plan for you and for me. And the three musts are what? You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And I find there's a lot of misunderstanding about what those ideas mean, what they represent. And so first of all, what it does not mean to deny yourself... It doesn't mean that there's things that you must deny in your life. I'm going to deny alcohol or tobacco or chocolate or, you know, apple fritters or, you know, it's, it's not there's things in my life I need to deny. What is it the text says we deny? Ourselves. Did the schools still do that Red Ribbon campaign thing? Do the elementary schools still do that at all? Um, I remember back, ooh, middle 90s, I, I served on the Red Ribbon Committee in Laverne. And this was a committee of people in our city that were trying to come alongside the schools and help them with the D.A.R.E. program. And the D.A.R.E. program, their, their mantra or their motto was what? Just say No. And it was all about drugs. Trying to get children to understand you need to say no to drugs. And when Jesus is saying here, say no to what? Yourself. So, I, if, if I'm going to come behind Jesus, if I'm going to be part of His team, if I'm going to wear His jersey, if you will, then I need to say no to, to Roy, Roy's ambitions, Roy's agenda, Roy's schedule, Roy's dreams. I need to say, say that word, n- 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 no. <laughs> my, fr- my friend John Speed, I just thought of this because it's funny. My friend John Speed pastors the church in Texas, and uh, he posts really interesting things on Facebook all the time. So yesterday he posted a little video and he says, I'm going to tell you the plan for how to respond to the government's vaccine mandate. You need to get a piece of paper and a pen. I'm going to wait for a minute. You go get a pencil, pen, get paper, so you can write this down. And so he's counting to 60 seconds and killing time. Has everybody got your pen and your paper? Here's the plan. Here's how you respond to the vaccine mandate. Are you ready? Just say no. no. (laughs) That was so John. But Jesus says to you and to me, we're not not saying no to the Faxtine, we're saying no to me, to Roy. I'm to deny myself. I'm to deny myself. I'm to submit myself, subject myself, surrender myself and say yes to Jesus Lord Jesus what is it you want in my life how do you want me to invest my time my energy, my efforts, my talents my money what's what's your plan for me not what's my plan for me what's your plan what is your plan I wrote down in my notes, I am no longer the center of my life. It's all about Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the Apostle Paul says, What? Don't you know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. And so the small print... Must, number one, the small print is say no to Roy. Say yes to Jesus. Is that easy to do? No, it's easy to talk about. (laughs) It's easy to say, but actually to actually do that. Jesus says, you must, you must deny yourself. Say no to self. That's the first must. The second must is what? Take up your cross. There's probably no more misunderstood. Well, there probably are other more misunderstood things in the Bible. But I hear so often people talking about, Oh, that's just my cross to bear. Crosses weren't. Invented and created and built to be carried. Crosses were not designed for someone to carry them. They were designed for what? Death, execution. And so Jesus says, take up your cross. Deny yourself, take up your cross. How often should we do that? Every single day. And so taking up the cross doesn't mean doesn't mean I have some burden, some awful thing in my life that I have to deal with, I have to bear, I have to carry. It means I have to commit myself to Jesus to the point of death. Do you remember Peter at the Last Supper? Remember that story when we were there? Peter at the Last Supper, and uh, they're all around the table, and Jesus says one of them is going to betray Him, and Peter's response is what? That'll never happen, not me. I'm committed. I will follow you, even if it means death. (laughs) And a few hours later, what? I don't know that guy. What? Me? Me? Jesus says we must take up our cross daily and follow and I have long thought it interesting I won't say it's amusing I guess it could be how often I see crosses in places where to me they don't fit like hanging from the mirror of your car Why, why, why do people hang crosses from the mirror of their car you know is that like a good luck charm they're going to get them out keep them out of trouble um even wearing crosses as jewelry. You know, I mean, if you were wearing uh, an electric chair around your neck, if, if, you, if you had a uh, gallows, you know, a rope hanging from your bracelet, uh, that, that, would be, that, that would be more keeping with the symbol of the cross, right? It's a symbol of death. It's a symbol of torture. It's a symbol of suffering. And Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you need to say no to yourself. And take up your cross every day. Don't get up every morning with, with that expectation, that openness, that prayer. Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm following you no matter what. In my days of playing ball, and still today I will hear the phrase about some uh, sports team. And uh, you'll hear the phrase, they left it all on the field. What does that
1: mean?
0: They did everything humanly possible to compete at the highest level. Whether win or lose, we left it all on the field. We gave it our all. You probably aren't poker players maybe you watch poker on TV which to me is one of the dumbest things to do that's like, watch, that's like watching golf don't tell my golfing friends I say that. Um, any golfers in the house where did Eddie go Okay, sorry Eddie we're still friends right yeah um, where was I going with that so poker if you're playing poker and, and you do this with all your chips what do you say I'm all in what does that mean i got nothing left. I'm 100% committed to this this hand, these cards, I'm 100% committed. All in. I learned real quickly when I was playing football in high school. I was a sophomore, and of course, when you're a sophomore in high school, part of your realization ought to be there are guys who are juniors and seniors that are probably bigger and Stronger than you are as this little sophomore dude and the coach would line us up for tackling practice anybody remember tackling practice in high school wasn't that like the highlight of your week it's just the most joyful time and uh, so we would have two lines and the the coach would toss you the football and then you would run straight ahead and the guy opposite you would tackle you And everybody, the whole team's watching. They're watching what's going to happen. And so I'll never forget my first experience high school football, tackling drill. And we're lined up in two lines. And it's kind of random who you match up with on the other side. So the coach tosses me the football, and I look up John Beaver. Is the guy going to tackle me? John's a senior. John John is our
1: halfback.
0: He's got thighs like barrels. John is a big dude. Powerful running back. He's going to tackle me. And what I learned the hard way was, if you do not run toward that tackler full out 100% You, is going to get hurt. If you go out at half, halfway, you're you're going to get hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. I learned that that day. From that day on, I learned. In that tackling drill, I'm going to run as fast as I can, as hard as I can, come what may. 100%. Jesus is calling you and me to be all in To leave it all on the field. 100%. To deny myself and to take up my cross. 100%. The odds of you and me being persecuted this next week and put to death for our faith, on a scale of 1 to 10, is probably a minus 27. But to be committed to Jesus no matter what, no matter what comes, I'm committed to Jesus. I'm all in. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor during the years of the Second World War. With a name like Bonhoeffer, you could easily guess what country he lived in. He was a German pastor during the years of the Second World War and Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, there's great books great things written by him but one of the things that uh, I read some time ago is Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this when Christ calls a man he bids him to come and die deny yourself take up your cross daily Dietrich Bonhoeffer at the age of 39 pastoring a church in Germany in Berlin went on public radio public radio declaring that there is no other Fuhrer, or every Christian has a Fuhrer, but it is not Adolf Hitler public radio shortly thereafter he was arrested and killed all in there is no other fewer no other Lord, no other Emperor, no other commander for you and me than Jesus, right? And Jesus calls us, He says we must deny ourselves and take up our cross. We must do that. The cross is a symbol of death. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. When you see a cross That should remind you of death. Jesus' death on the cross for you in your place where you and I should have died, right? And secondly, that ought to remind us that Jesus calls us to take up our cross daily. So he says we must deny ourselves, we must take up our cross, and we must follow him. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that I invited Jesus into my heart. It doesn't mean that I have prayed the sinner's prayer. It doesn't mean that I raised my hand in the church service or walked down the church aisle. That's not what it means to follow Jesus. That's the voluntary part, right? I'm in. I love the fact that Jesus loves me. I love the fact that Jesus died on the cross in my place for my sin. I'm, I'm all in to the truth of forgiveness, eternal life, all that, all the, the blessings. He's, Paul says we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, right? But that's not what it means to follow Jesus. What it means to follow Jesus is to identify with Him. His team, wear His jersey. I'm on Jesus' team. That's where my loyalty is. That's where my commitment is. That's where my heart is. Any of you do that Instagram and Facebook thing? You know, um, I get get messages all the time um, to follow somebody. Now, on Facebook, on Facebook or Instagram, What does it mean to follow somebody? You know, click. I'm following Tom. Click. And Tom posts something that I like. Click. Or if I really like it, I I got an emoji that'll go with that. (laughs) That's not what it means to follow Jesus. (laughs) You know, it, it is so easy to follow somebody on Facebook. And unfollow them if you want, Click right? Sadly, many people choose along the way to unfollow Jesus. In John's Gospel, after the feeding of the 5,000, people were ready to make Jesus King. And Jesus kind of escaped from that place and that effort to kind of push Him forward. You're not ready for that. And Jesus talks after that, gives his great sermon on the, the bread of life and eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And there's a there's this statement in scripture that just just screams at me every time I read John chapter 6. Many therefore no longer followed Jesus. It was a hard saying. It was a difficult saying. And they chose to no longer follow There was no longer that commitment to come behind him. To walk the path that he walks. To walk in obedience to him. To listen to his voice and to do what he says. That was no longer their choice. To follow Jesus. I'm part of his team. I'm committed to him. I'm wearing his jersey. Mahatma Gandhi was a great admirer of Jesus. And he was asked at one time, if you admire Jesus so much, why is it you have not become a Christian? And his response was interesting. He says, when I meet a Christian who is truly following Jesus, I may consider it. That's the challenge. Are we really following after Jesus in his footsteps? And in the words that we read in Mark chapter 8, Jesus talks about... Jesus talks about... What if you are working your whole life and energy to, to save your life, to protect your life, self-preservation, So. Self- He says, whoever chooses to do that tries to do that. You're going to lose your life. But if you lose your life for my sake and for the gospel's sake, guess what? You win. And so often we live our lives with that self-preservation thing. You know, that's why I was so shocked that day when the guy drew the knife in Boyle Heights and Ron said to me, we're expendable. Uh, No, you're expendable, not me. You know? (laughs) We're on that self-preservation thing. And Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, because if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. And what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Whoever's ashamed of me and my words, the Son of the Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father. And so, we have these three musts. We must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. To follow him, follow his footsteps, walk his path, listen to his voice, do what he says. Jesus says it's mandatory, it's necessary, it's required. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. I read the story this week. I have a a friend who's a traveling evangelist, and he has a email thing, little blog thing he sends to me regularly. In his email blog this week, he told the story of a pastor who needed trees trimmed on the church property. And so he was putting out... Message: I'm looking for bids for men to come and give me bids of what it will cost to trim all these trees and bushes that we're out of control. Of. And so this one man um, filled out his his bid and brought it to the pastor. And the the bid was for eight hundred dollars, but at the bottom of the invoice that he gave him was the word donation. And the pastor said, "So what's this word donation?" What's that all about? And he said, well, Pastor, I have had the opportunity to um, trim bushes for several of the members of your congregation. I've been in their homes. I've met them, their families. I've trimmed their bushes. Um, They've always paid me on time. Every single one of these families has paid me on time. They've treated me with kindness. Every single one of these families, in fact, uh, told me about Jesus And shared the story about Jesus with me. And I just want to say I'm grateful for these families and their faithfulness to me. And how they treated me. And and I want to do this as a donation for the church. Yeah, so I said, awesome. I said, wow. Come after me. Follow me. Live life according to my demands, my expectations. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Must. Not an option, not a choice. Hey, maybe two out of three is I good enough. That's 66%, right? No. Take up your cross, and follow me. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, his story is amazing, by the way. He was asked at one time the secret of his life, and he said this, I told the Lord that He can have all that there is of William Booth. You ever done that? You ever told the Lord, you can have all of me? Everything I am, everything I have, it's all yours. That's powerful. I remember, um, I I think I was probably still in high school, and still kind of having my mindset you know I I told you I made a decision at 13 that I wanted to be a pastor that's the direction I was headed and 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 somewhere in high school I remember a conversation I had a time of prayer with the Lord and I told the Lord I will never say no to any opportunity you give to me to speak um, share the gospel I'll, I'll never say no I've learned since then that probably was a little overboard because there's times I need to say no to keep balance in my life but but that was where my heart was I will never say no William Booth says Lord, you can have all all that I am all that I have, it's all yours I like that a lot C.S. Lewis said this I have to stand perfectly still. (laughs) Christ says, give me all. I don't want only so much of your time or money or work. I want you. No half measures are good enough. Hand over the whole self. All the desires which you think innocent as well as theories you think wicked. The whole outfit. And I will give you a new self instead. Jesus said of himself, he must be mistreated. He must be killed. Thankfully, he must rise again. And he says to you and me, three musts. We must say no to ourselves. Take up our cross every day and follow him. Three musts. That's the small print. The big print is, come unto me. (laughs) All you who are weary, come unto me. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. Come. The small print is what? Say no to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. And so as I reflected on that, um, I asked myself questions. Am I a committed follower of Jesus? Or just a casual thing? You know, there there were several groups of people that followed Jesus. There were those that were curious about Jesus. Who is this guy? He heals, he says really good stuff. They they were kind of curious about Jesus. And then there were people that were kind of cautious. They were kind of on the outer edges. They weren't willing to really kind of be identified with him, but they, they had interest. They were cautious. So, you got the curious people, you got the cautious people, and and then you have some people that are really convinced about Jesus, who he is. They're convinced. But what Jesus is looking for is people that are committed. Not just curious, not cautious, not convinced, committed. Am I that kind of a follower? Are you? Second question I ask myself. Does He have all of me? Does Jesus have all of me? Does He have all of you? 100% Does He have all of you? Or only some of you? Part of you? I'm willing to give you this but I'm kind of protecting this stuff over here. I'm going to guard this stuff. I, want, I kind of want to keep this stuff going on in my life. Does he have all of me? Does he get one hundred percent of me and all that I have one hundred percent of the time? Is that my sense of my commitment to Jesus? I'm all in. I leave it all on the plane to you. One hundred percent. Have I given to him one hundred percent of my time, one hundred percent of my talent, my skills, my gifts? 100% of my money. 100% of everything. That's what Jesus is calling for in this text. Have I given him my all? Everything that I am, and everything that I have. And as I thought about this and prayed about this, I remembered that I had what's printed on the back of your sermon notes in the bulletin. It's called The Fellowship of the Unashamed. I am part of The Fellowship of the Unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. Yeah. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, and popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now now live by presence, learn by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, and my road is narrow. My way is rough, my companion is few, my guide is reliable, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up, until I've preached up, prayed up, paid up, and stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until I know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. (laughs) Are you a member of the fellowship? of the unshaken. All in, 100%. Say no to myself, take up my cross daily, and follow Jesus. The old hymn says it this way, All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence ever live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to you my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at His feet I bow, worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord I give myself to Thee, fill me with Thy love and power, Let thy thy blessing fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory to His name. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to you, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And it's because we're unashamed it's because we're unashamed that we boldly declare to a lost world that they need to have a the Savior. They need to come to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. It's because we're unashamed that we boldly declare that to a lost world. It's because we're unashamed that we're at the farmer's market sharing Christ with others. It's because we're unashamed that we make the effort because we're unashamed. We want to be known in this community as a church of people who boldly follow Jesus. We want our impact to impact our community, our city. We'd love for our impact to spread beyond to, to Bellflower, to Pico Rivera, to Whittier, Santa Fe Springs, Cerritos, and Long Beach, and whoever else I missed Up this. But we want to have that kind of an impact, and even beyond, because we're unashamed. And going forward.
1: <laughs>
0: so this morning, my question to you is this. Are you all in? Does Jesus have all of you? 100%. Time, talent, treasure. It's all His. It all belongs to Him. None of it is mine. It all belongs. Are you all in? Now yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Are you all in? We must be all in, right? Mm -hmm. Must. There's no other option. And so, Lord, as we have reflected on these words of Jesus, in my inadequate ability and inadequate words to communicate all this, I'm grateful for your Holy Spirit, that he will take and use and multiply these truths to each of our hearts. And Lord, I pray this morning for anyone here who realizes in this moment, I'm not 100%. I haven't been all in. I want to be to the best of my ability 100%. Help me to give my all. Lord, I pray that that will be a decision that will be made this morning. And I pray this morning, if there's anyone here who is yet to come to me, They've yet to put their their trust in Jesus and His death on the cross, His payment for sin. That you would draw that one to yourself this morning. To come to know Jesus. This is life eternal that we might know Thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I pray this morning that you would draw that one to yourself. Lord, I pray that as we make that commitment 100% to follow You, that You would multiply our impact in this community. That we would see men and women and boys and girls come into faith, coming to know Jesus, coming to love Him, coming to follow Him. Seeing them come to deny themselves, to take up a cross daily and to follow You. Lord, we pray that we might have that kind of impact. That your Spirit would have that kind of impact in our lives and in the communities in which we live. Do that for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul when he said, According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Help us this week to be men and women who live out that truth. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Help us to do that. Help us to follow you just a little more closely this week. To love you just a little bit more this week. To obey you just a little bit more. Because we've chosen to say no to ourselves. To take up our cross. And follow you. Thank you for doing that as we, we ask you. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Birthdays this week. Uh, tom tom today is Tom's birthday. So. Um, another one? He's only seventy-seven on the seventh. We got three sevens. There's something about that. That yeah. Tracy's celebrating a birthday tomorrow on the eighth.
1: Yay! So
0: happy birthday to Tracy. Juanita Medina also has a birthday tomorrow, so watching on YouTube. But Juanita, happy birthday. Gary's got a birthday this week too, right Gary? So happy birthday to all the birthday people. Uh, In your bulletin, there's a note about the Caris women raising money for this project to provide care packages for girls in foster care. And uh, they've got money for seven girls, their goal is 30. So they're a little short, and I just want to encourage you, if that speaks to you and you want to be a part, uh, you can... Make a donation at the Connection Center or mark your offering envelope, all that good stuff. Um, Sunday the 21st, two weeks from today, we're going to finish our service here and we're going to go uh, next door for our annual Thanksgiving meal that we've missed the last couple of years, right? So I know all the food is being provided. Some people are making turkeys and uh, stuff. We still need desserts. And so at the Connection Center, you could volunteer to bring a pie or a dozen apple fritters, anything that floats your boat. And uh, that would be awesome to fill out the menu. Um, otherwise, we won't have any dessert. What? Well, I, <laughs> I know, that's how I feel, Mike. <laughs> what? No dessert?
1: You've seen these boxes,
0: Operation Christmas Child. We been do this every year for, my guess is about 15 years. Just a simple opportunity. I took my grandson with me two years ago, and we did it the last time before COVID. And we just went to the 99s, walked up and down off the aisles with the box open, and he grabbed stuff and checked it in the box. Some of the stuff I had to put back because it didn't, you know, wasn't right. But there's, in, there's instructions in here. Fill the box with something for a child of a certain age group. And uh, then bring it back. I think the deadline. All the information is in your bulletin. And I don't remember stuff so well in my old age. Um, but you'll bring it back, and then we'll take them over to the distribution okay, nice. center. And these boxes are sent around the world to kids uh, with a gospel message, and just a great impact around the world. Millions. And millions of kids have been impacted. So take a box or two and uh, fill them up, bring them back, and we'll do that. In your bulletin, it talks about the opportunity to go to the distribution center and kind of organize boxes and stuff. Uh, There's information for that. Uh, You'll want to be a part of that. Anybody interested in our search for a new pastor? Boy, the enthusiasm! (laughs) I can't tell you a whole lot, but we have a candidate. Our search committee has met with him once, and we're planning now to have a second conversation with him. So your job is to pray, and so be praying, and uh, that God's going to open opportunity, give us clarity. I've been praying from day one that God would make it super clear who is to be the next pastor, that there's no middle ground of confusion. It's obvious. It's clear. We're ready to go. And so uh, join me in that prayer, and we'll continue to trust the Lord as uh, he moves us forward. So go in the power of the risen Jesus this week. Go in the confidence that His Holy Spirit indwells you and empowers you to live the life that He calls you to live. Without God's Holy Spirit, you will never deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him. So go in that confidence and in the power of His Spirit this week.
1: God bless you.